welcome to another episode of the Third Person Podcast. I am Chris Milhouse, and I'm always joined by my good friend, Daryl Hammond. How are you, Daryl? Capital, my good man. Capital. Sorry, I'm just getting ready here. I'm a little behind today. That's all right, man. Uh, I'm happy to be back at it. We, uh, we took a little bit of time off here, and uh, happy to be back Back at the podcast game. Yeah, for those of you, by the way, who uh, haven't uh, already followed us on social media, he's at Daryl C. Hammond, and I'm at Chris Milhouse, two L's in Milhouse. You may have seen on our social media that we did a show together out in Connecticut, and I would like to thank uh, the fine people of the Fairfield Comedy Club and the Connecticut Comedy Festival for having us at their outdoor venue, if you will. It was a lot of fun, man. I loved it. I was a little shaky the first set, but... I think you and I both were a little bit. I mean, I think, but you you hadn't performed, you know, what been what since February? That was your first show since like February, right? Oh yeah, I, I was, I was a little shaky. I couldn't remember a lot of the setups. But you did great, man, and they loved you. And, and by the second show, we were. I feel like both of us had our our, our wheels turning perfectly, and uh, great crowds out in uh, Connecticut. And it's fun because it's definitely a different thing, man. We went from you know performing inside comedy clubs in front of hundreds of people to performing in the middle of a field next to some woods. At one point, I think I was heckled by some geese. So that was fun. Um, yeah. yeah, but the weird thing was once I got my sea legs and I had a, you know, I remember my material, even though there were only 50 people there or God, it was a blast. Oh yeah, it was, it was fun as hell, dude. I loved it, man. It was uh, it was a lot of felt like a, it felt like a comic for a little while. <laughs> yeah, it was fine. It feel it feels back to be good to be back on the road and to be back, you know, just kind of doing what we love. So I mean, that was I was really excited that uh, we were able to do that. Me too, dude. Yeah, it was good. It was fun. Um, so yeah, thank you again to all the Fairfield Comedy Club, Connecticut Comedy Festival. That was fun. Um, I don't know. You would think you're going to do some more, uh, some more outdoor gigs before it gets too cold, or would we? Uh, maybe we'll jump on stage. I, I, I guess if someone invites me. I have invited you a thousand times to do some rooftop shows. Oh, I want oh, you to come you, do some more. Yeah, you're talking about rooftops though at, at 11 p.m. <laughs> Sometimes they're early, man. Sometimes they're like 7:30 shows. Yeah, I might do it. Sure. Yeah, but I, I, I mean, didn't. I, I didn't think anything like that was possible. Yeah, we, you know, those are uh, definitely possible, and we, we can definitely get you uh, on a show. And then hopefully we can get back on the road and do a couple of shows together again, uh, maybe sometime soon. Uh, somebody was talking about maybe having us down in Atlantic City, maybe down in Pennsylvania somewhere. Uh, so we'll or see. a lawn, to go on a lawn. Yeah, go on a lawn. Uh, the Atlantic huh. City one, I think, is indoors, so that's a whole – that's wild, man, doing comedy back inside again now that it's getting cold. See how long that lasts. I don't know. How they're going to get away with that, yeah. I think that, I mean, they get the green light. And it's just, you know, you got to space it out. You got to make sure everything's clean. And there's a lot uh, of precautions that they have to go through. So, I mean, I don't know. We'll see. We'll see. And, uh, you know, for those of you listening, we do record some of these episodes in advance. And we are, uh, we are currently recording this on the eve of election night. Yeah, it's uh, it's it's gonna be a, a wild one. Uh, I'm wondering how things are gonna turn out. The city here in New York is embracing for protests and riots. Uh, I, I mean, you know, you I heard um, P 
people on television today. I think it was a guy named Michael Beschloss. And then I heard some people, some security people on television last night, and then some security people when I was at SNL the other night were saying that um, to prepare for something incredible uh, in the next 36 to 48 hours. So, and that could include a cyber attack. Like about two months ago on the Upper West Side, all the power went down. And I remember calling up a friend of mine who's a famous reporter and I said, am I crazy? I thought we were under a cyber attack. <laughs> He's a really famous reporter. And he goes, no, you're, you're actually not crazy. Yeah, I mean, it's possible, man. I mean, anything is possible. I, all yeah. I know is tomorrow during election night, I am going to do one of two things. Uh, well, I'm going to be drinking. And uh. it's not that I'm going to do one of two things. I'm going to be drinking of one or two ways. I'm either going to be drinking happily or I'm going to be mm. drinking very sadly. And so I'm hoping that we are able to change some things with this election. My personal opinion, I don't care if anybody thinks differently. I don't want to hear it. I'm just telling you that I personally uh, am hoping that we have a nice change in the White House. <laughs> well, I wonder if any other liquor stores in the country are doing well. I think liquor sales are up. I have my assistant. I, I, they have to the be liquor, liquor sales, huh? Yeah. I think they have to be. I think the liquor sales are probably up. I think... You know, people are probably uh, trying to, you know, stock up on a lot of things to prepare and see if the apocalypse is coming tomorrow. So That's right. No perishables in the refrigerator and canned goods, just like it was a hurricane. Um, <laughs> yeah, we'll see. Um, but my we shrink told me today we have to get flashlights. This is all in just in case there actually is a cyber attack. Yeah, I guess get like, well, I mean, you have a flashlight on your phone, just an FYI, but. Uh, yeah, I think I only need a flashlight enough to go down my stairs. But yeah, after that. That's it. I mean, you should also have like an emergency kit. I guess that's what they're saying, just in case you can't charge your phone and whatnot. I don't know, man. And I, you told me that Home Depot is boarding up? Yeah, they're boarding up a lot of things here in Manhattan. A lot of stores, they're starting it early because just in case they think that there might be some big you know protests and maybe some riots and we'll see oh we'll see man it's one of the things about that uh is a little nerve-wracking about living in the biggest city in the country so well protests are one thing those are always great yeah but i know i'm not I'm never it's, mad at a protest it's, through, it's the bricks through the windows it's yeah it's god, the, forbid, the god forbid someone should be firing firing a gun yeah no shit man i mean i just hope that you know Hope everybody's, you know, safe and sound after when they finally hear this podcast. And uh, hopefully we're going to be uh, getting some better news after tomorrow. But uh, we've got good news for today. Uh, we have an amazing guest on our podcast today. We have the great Bobby Moynihan that's going to be joining us. What do you say we add him on, huh? Sure thing. Bobby. What's up, guys? Hey, buddy. How are you? Good. How are you? Good, good. Uh, I'm Chris, and then obviously you know Daryl. Hi, Daryl. Hi, what's up, buddy? <laughs> How are you? Nice to meet you. How are you? Nice to good, meet you, too. Uh, ladies okay. and gentlemen, please welcome to the podcast. We have the great Bobby Moynihan, uh, Ooh, as you all know from SNL, and Daryl obviously knows him well from SNL. Uh, how, how are you, Bobby? How you, uh, how you living these days, man? Good. All is well. Well, as well as can be, you know? Yeah. I like the beard, buddy. You got, you got uh, you went a little... 
full on uh, Wolfman over here, huh? <laughs> yeah, I've decided to not care anymore. <laughs> I think a lot of that, us are. That beard is sensational, by the way. Uh, it's pretty stupid. Uh, it's got to go tomorrow. I start work again tomorrow, but it was a nice, oh, yeah? a nice nine month. Nice man. Experiment. What are you working on tomorrow? Can you talk about it? Uh, maybe plug it. Uh, I'm playing Darth Vader in the new Star Wars. Wow. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, <laughs> um, uh, I'm on uh, that uh, new Tina Fey show, uh, Mr. Mayor, with um, Ted Danson and Holly Hunter. Oh, awesome, yeah. man. Congratulations. That's great. Thanks. Yeah. It's great, dude. We start up That's again awesome. tomorrow. Yeah, it's the best. They're the, they're the greatest. That's great. It's nice to get back to work, huh? <laughs> uh, yeah, it's, it's weird. I was enjoying um, playing with my daughter. I have a three-year-old. I've spent a lot of time playing over the past couple of months, and it's, <laughs> it's, I'm enjoying it. I enjoy it. I'm very good at it. <laughs> That's excellent, man. That's excellent. <laughs> Have you been doing anything else uh, during the pandemic to kind of uh, help get you by and anything uh, fun? I, I got, I mean, I've been lucky that I've, I, I've been able to work from home. So I've been busy and it's, it's been nice. And, but uh, yeah, a lot of, um, a lot of costumes and painting, um, a lot of playtime with the daughter. That 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 that's pretty much it, right? As yeah, of right that's, now, that's great. And it's you know, a lot of people. That's one good thing that's come out of this is they've been able to spend more time with their families. You know, maybe that you wouldn't or, yeah. or, ordinarily not ordinarily not be able to do. You know, yeah, or it's, maybe uh, too much. Yeah, or maybe too much. Yeah, I wonder how many people hate each other now that didn't or wouldn't have. <clears throat> how much the divorce rates have gone up? <laughs> I was having a conversation with my wife where we were kind of like, hey. Like we accidentally did it. Like we still, we're still, we still Made love it. each other. Like, yeah. it's crazy. how did we do that? Because there were tense moments. <laughs> I bet, man. There's been a lot of tense moments for a lot of people, but uh, you know, seems no, it's like nice. Yeah, people are making it through. I like your little podcast studio in there you got going, huh? My, a little my, voiceover. My closet. Yeah, <laughs> that's great. We need to get better uh, podcast studio here. We're both in New York. Uh, so. Oh yeah, huh? Yeah. Where are you, Bob? Uh, I'm out in Los Angeles now. And you have a little sound studio in your house? Uh, I have. I When the pandemic started, I was um, actually, I, I was making a cartoon. And I ended up having to, yeah, build like a small little studio in my closet. Looks good. Looks, how's the sound? Uh, it's pretty good. It's It's okay. Yeah, I mean, like it's 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 been in cartoons <laughs> you know they've used it so i haven't i haven't had to go to a recording studio yet so i have like a really expensive microphone that snl bought me and i had to record a couple of things and i had to sound sound like soundproof the room yeah i'm like surprised you don't have i'm surprised you don't have one already i feel like you do so much voice stuff i used to i was i was before covid yeah i was doing pretty good out in la yeah yeah, that plus the SNL stuff was it was going was it was moving pretty good, um, but then everything shut the fuck down. Yeah, and I moved back to New York. I was doing a lot of sets at the Comedy Store, which you know all that shut down. And it's crazy. It's no no reason to be out there if the things I moved there for aren't there. You yeah. know. But um, there's been a lot of people that kind of left LA, and you know. Even New York, obviously. So the, you know, New York is like thirty percent empty now. Like, yeah. yeah, wow. I was there my whole life. I came out here when my daughter was born for for work. And yeah, if it wasn't for work, at, at 
now, if it wasn't for work, I'd, I'd just move to Hawaii, I think, and hope for the <laughs> best, come back for work if I had to. But Do you uh, feel like you would like to leave the country if there was no, if there was a significant reason? I mean, I mean, I, I say it as a joke, you know, half joking, but like there is part of me that, that goes like, yeah, Hawaii doesn't sound half bad, but I'm sure they don't want me there. But, <laughs> but I'm like, oh, come on. You know, it's nice. It, it it's it's a beautiful place, and maybe it's time to go relax for a little <laughs> bit and wait this out. Man, that doesn't that doesn't seem as insane as it did a couple of weeks ago? No, not at all. Me. I mean, I have a friend that lives there, and they uh, they moved there during the pandemic. Him and his yeah. wife, and he's like, "We have an extra bedroom. Do you want to come? You know, hang out for a couple of weeks. You probably have to stay here for two weeks because the quarantine thing." And I was like, "Yeah, twist my arm. Let's go stay in Hawaii for two weeks." But, I mean, uh, I'm, I'm just sort of flabbergasted that I was on the phone with my, my shrink today and she was preparing me to, for what to do in the event of a cyber attack. That's crazy shit, man. Which, like, one, because, how so? which one of you is in therapy? I mean, that's a weird thing. <laughs> wait, what, wait, therapist to... <laughs> wait, wait, that's crazy that you even say that, Chris. <laughs> People are talking about this on TV. That's why. No, she's no, I know. It, it did sound like a, a little. Sounded like a like a little like they're trying. She's almost trying to worry you too much. She's not trying to worry me. She's trying to make <laughs> me feel better. But if, the fucking you know, two months ago in the Upper West Side, all the power went out for no reason. If that kind of shit happens again, yeah, I'm gonna be free. Yeah, you know, it's oh, a it's yeah. a sad possibility that it really is true that it could fucking happen. You know, <laughs> like man, yeah, I don't know it's, what the fuck's about to happen. It's very crazy to go like, yeah, I, I went to work this morning and I got COVID tested and like life is moving on and we're doing a podcast right now. I haven't seen Daryl in a very long time. It's very good to see him. And like, there's a possibility that tomorrow night there could be an all out war. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like the apocalypse. It's crazy. Hear that? When, when I hear that, I'm like, I've never heard anything like that before. There might be shooting. Yeah, I mean, I mean, I definitely, I definitely have packed a couple bags and made some precautions just in case because it's terrifying. Yeah, I'm, a, I, I'm not, I'm a scaredy cat. I'm like, I have, kids, like, oh. I mean, like, I got a daughter now. Like, that's all I think about now is just like, you know. I, I think I'd be, I think I'd be smoking weed and going like, well, we'll see what happens. But like, n you know, like now it's like, oh no, no. You no. mean like I am? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, the fuck else am I gonna do? I'm just yeah. gonna sit here. <laughs> you know, the, there are people in my neighborhood who are making plans to meet on 73rd and Broadway in the event that we lose internet or cell phone service. I mean, what kind of crazy shit is that? Wow, that's a really smart thing though to have. Jeez. Like, what do we do if our phones go down? Yeah, yeah, that's kind of crazy, man. I never, you know, you don't really think for this. You don't ever think that you're not going to be able to have technology, and you're not going to be able to, uh, you know, have access to to call somebody or nobody has landlines anymore. You know, like it's right. all all cell phones and and technology and you know Facebook and whatever else. You know. Yeah, and plus, you know, I'm half a fucking nut anyway, and <laughs> <laughs> you know. My shrink's going, well, Daryl, there are some bad things going on, and for once, you're not making them up. <laughs> some really, <laughs> some really fucked up shit happening. Yeah. Yeah. Gun um, sales up, gun sales up, booze up. Wow, that doesn't oh, sound yeah. so good. 
I definitely, definitely looked up tasers on Amazon. <laughs> yeah, Did I mean, you? It's, you, have, you have to kind of be prepared for that kind of stuff, I guess. I, I don't know. Yeah, you start to go like, I, I don't want to go get a gun, but like... They, they do sell tasers on Amazon, just in case. <laughs> well, I mean, I don't know if I should say this or not, but I'll say it, and you can edit it out if you want, Chris. But okay. I'm looking at video today of Trump supporters in pickup trucks trying to drive the Biden-Harris bus yeah. off the road. Is that not so? No, I, that's so. Yeah, Jesus, man. Like, that's insane. You know, you're wondering if there's going to be anything violent or not? tried to drive that bus into a gully yeah yeah that's it's it's crazy it's like it's 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 him i feel like it is emblazoned he has emblazoned people to go like yeah fuck it i'm gonna try and run this bus off the road but even that there are people out there <laughs> even that there are people out Man. there like that well ever i mean like to be honest there are people in the world that could probably trick me into doing something horrible <laughs> you know if george lucas if lauren was like hey bobby bobby would you like i'd, I'd go like lauren i don't want to do this but you know i do want to make you happy still um, <laughs> I'm, I'm, try, I'm trying to be funny but like do you have you, a good lord michaels like impression by the way <laughs> i mean no i have no good impressions uh, i have uh, I, I i do my impression of lauren is is like dr evil like it's just me trying to do dr evil still yeah, that's what I loved about Mike Myers' impression because I was like, this this is so... I don't know Lauren, but I'm like, this is so dead on from everything I've ever seen. I'm the only one that doesn't do them because... Yeah, I'm a, I, was I'm, saying, I don't think I've ever heard it. No, I've never done that. I don't know. It, didn't, it never made sense to me. I'm like, <laughs> the, guy's the, fucking, the guy's the boss. <laughs> yeah, I did it once. I had a couple beers in me at a, at a host dinner. I, I'm not a big drinker, and I had, like, I think I had, like, a beer or two in me, and I was just trying to be funny and telling a story, and Lorne was in the story, and Lorne was there, and I just launched into it without realizing. I was like, yeah, and Lorne came up to me, and he was like, oh, Bobby, why would you do that? And, like, I started doing a Lorne impression, like, in front of Lorne, and the, the whole table, like, got very quiet. <laughs> and I, look, I, I looked at him like, oh, no, and I, I, he was just like, it happens. Like, like he... <laughs> He just moved on. Like, he was, like, not the first. Yeah, you're like, Lauren, I'm the only one on planet Earth that doesn't have a Yeah, lawn. exactly. <laughs> I mean, it's like when when Schwarzenegger was, you know, in his heyday as a film star, everyone had an Arnold, and everyone has a Lauren. Yeah. And nowadays, everyone has a, everyone has a Trump, mm -hmm. right? Um, but remember back in the if you just say Arnold, like, so I'm watching The Terminator, and everyone in the room would go, Arnold. They would do their Arnold impression. <laughs> God, what I I, I, I don't do an Arnold either. I can't do. I, I was terrible. I hated doing impressions. I hated it. Still, did you, did you have to do a few like to as far as your uh, your audition, right, for SNL? Yeah, but like I I I was not good at it, so I just made them bits. Like I like I did. I think for my audition, I did Jack Black at a funeral. Which was like I just I just I walked off stage and then I walked back in very somberly and I knelt down I made the sign of the cross and then I just started going like ba -da -ba -da -ba -ba -ba. like I just started making like Jack Black something that I learned off of Tenacious D like it was a bit like it was not <laughs> even an impression I did Johnny Cash on Sleeping Pills which was I just had a guitar 
I sat on a stool and I had a guitar and I just went, I keep a clue. And then I passed out. <laughs> and, like I just, I just tried to do bits rather than like impressions. Yeah. But I think, I think that's what they wanted. Right. From what yeah. we've gathered from a lot of people that we've had a lot of people that have been on SNL on our podcast and they tell similar things where you have to make it funny and yeah, you can't just come like, on and do an impression. When I, yeah, first, I mean, what, I was always aware on SNL that I only had to, the impression only had to be good enough to sell the joke. Yeah. It didn't have to be a fucking perfect, fantastic impression, but it did have to be good enough to sell the joke. I learned that like kind of quickly. Like when I first got there, you were still there. So it was like, it oh, you was guys like, overlapped. I didn't know if you guys were on the same cast together. So that's great. We, we really like weren't. I got, called, I got called back for like a year and a half or something to do Trump for a year and a half. But mm-hmm. and we were, we we were on the show at the same time, but like we didn't cross paths that much. Yeah. That's um, cool. uh, but I remember, like, like you know, like thinking, like, well, I can't do, like, I can't do, I, I can't do impressions like that. And then Taryn and Jay showed up, and both of them are phenomenal at impressions. Oh. And it just kind of like it felt like it very gradually became like, well, Bobby can do like Snooky, like he's loud and a <laughs> like he's loud and Italian. Like, right. it's like, like it was like I was more a type. Like I was like Guy Fieri. Like I was loud and. I the ninety percent of my impressions were costume. I feel like. <laughs> well, what was your like uh, audition like? What was your audition process? So I mean, you told us you did the uh, the the couple of the impressions, but like we've had a lot of people that uh, came in and told us different stories of like how they got SNL and you know um, that whole experience with Warren Michaels and Marcy and whoever else was deciding. Yeah, it was crazy. I did, you know, to make a long story short, I was doing Upright Citizens Brigade. I had wanted to do comedy my whole life. I was doing, I found Upright Citizens Brigade. I started doing sketch and improv there and then kind of met Horatio and a couple SNL people through that. Uh, it was my life stream to be on that show. And I thought UCB would help me get there because when I started UCB, Amy Poehler was like, she had... I started UCB and like six months later, she got SNL and I was like, oh, I'm never leaving this place. <laughs> Were you in here or in LA? Uh, New York. New York. Great. Cool. Uh, and, uh, and then I got SNL six months before Amy left. Um, so like my time That's... at UCB was like her time on SNL and then I, I auditioned. But yeah, I, I kind of got on their radar and then... I heard that I was going to audition and, and I was afraid because I, I didn't, I had heard horror stories of people who had auditioned like too early or like, you know, like maybe went in a year too early and like should have practiced a little bit more and come in the next year, whatever. I was nervous about it and like held out for a little bit. And then I finally got called into audition and like got brought into Lauren's office. And he was like, well, maybe we'll start you in January. And like, I was like, really like what like does that mean that you're you never said i got the job i don't understand and then like two days later i'm waiting to hear and the writer strike happened so then so then i just spent nine months waiting thinking i had it but it went away because of the writer strike because he told me i might be starting which in retrospect i would have i would have started but then the writer's strike happened. And then after the writer's strike, I got a phone call saying that I wasn't getting hired. Uh, Maya Rudolph left because uh, she had a baby. So they hired Casey Wilson. 
and I thought it was over and I thought that was it. And I was just like, Oh, that's it. I'm done. Like I didn't yeah. get it. And I, I, I was devastated and went up, went about my business. And <laughs> I think I got a, I got a, yeah, I got a part in a, in a Disney movie. And like I was in Rome and I got a phone call from Seth Meyers going like, Hey, are you around next week? We're doing this, uh, um, uh, web series. Simon Rich uh, wrote this web series, and I was like, "Oh, that's very nice. They're giving me like a consolation prize." <laughs> but I think what it turned, what it really was, was like they had this web series, and they were like, "Let's work with him on it and see if he's, you know." I feel like it was my second audition, kind of, and then I got along with them really well. They were super funny, and then a week later, I was on the show. Like they just called me up a week later, and was like, "We're having auditions again. Do you want to come back in?" And I was like, "Sure." I went back in, did a bunch of insane things that I didn't do the first time. And then a week later, I was on the show. What were the insane things? I, I just like the first time I did like three characters and three impressions. And like the second time I went in and was just like, here's 30 weird little bits and things that I think is funny. And like I told a story. I was like, when I was a kid, I used to uh, drive up to people and, and make them roll down their window. And then I would tell, and I used to do this when I was a kid all the time, I, I would go up to people, tell them to roll down their window. I go, Hey, do you know, I'm sorry. Do you know how to get to, uh, do you know how to get, and I just make up a street name. Like, do you know how to get to uh, Arbolato drive was like the last one we used. And, um, and they'd be like, Oh no, I'm sorry. And I was like, Oh no sweat. All you're going to want to do is you're going to want to go straight for about six blocks. And like, I would just start giving them directions to the place just because I thought it was weird and funny. <laughs> Silly. Yeah, it's great. And like, I just like, I did, I told that story like, or like, I just, I acted that out. And then like, I just did like a bunch of weird bits. <laughs> That's awesome though. But I feel like, I feel like it was definitely more a sense of like, well, here's like kind of like 30 things I could do on the show rather than like, my characters are weird. You're not going to want them. You don't seem to be doing characters anymore. And like, and, and I'm not great at impressions. So that was, that was my attempt. I mean, Darryl, yeah, with, <clears throat> go ahead. No, I was going to say, Daryl had a, a, a couple of tries. It took him what, two or three that you, till you, two. Till you got yours Two. That's insane to me. Yeah, and then I got it on the third and I, um, yep. I kind of was getting used to a life like that. I mean, I, you know, when I was auditioning for Letterman, I did 10 sets, had 10 great sets. It was the same material every time. But I never got on Letterman until I got SNL, you know? Yeah. Funny how doors start opening. Oh, yeah. Well, that was it. It was like the year before I got SNL, I would go out to L.A. and it was like, you know, people had heard I auditioned for SNL, but you know, and that it might happen, but it was like, there was buzz around it. Like I had no <laughs> idea what, what I was doing. I still don't like outside yeah. of it. I didn't know any better. I was just a little comedy nerd. I didn't understand any of that. But did and, you work, uh, did you work on Conan? Yeah. But like I did. Yeah. Cecilia Pleva and Charlie, Char, um, a buddy of mine, Charlie Sanders was, would do um, uh, all the like, you know, the bits in between, like he would yeah, sketches and know, stuff, right? Yeah. The little sketches and stuff kind of like we were, they use a lot of UCB people and uh, yeah, I was in like maybe like 10 of those and like started doing that. That was kind of my first. That was before SNL, right? Yeah. I think I had done a couple. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. That was when uh, Conan was here in New York, I'm assuming. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. 
Yeah, those were I loved I I love those years of Conan on late night. I mean, not I, oh, I don't yeah. love him now, but like uh, those were just so like formula for me. So I remember I I was like I think Bobby was on some of those episodes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so yeah. I mean that was that's a good intro into prepping you for SNL too. You know. Yeah. Also, just to be in the building and be at Thirty Rock and be. You know, oh, you, yeah. you would be on the sixth floor and they're on the eighth floor and they're very aware of you and you, they can't help but see the cool things you're doing. I mean, it couldn't have been a better situation. Yeah. And, and I also remember the fir- the very first time, like, like I did a Conan bit and we went up to the 8H, we went up to the floor of SNL to shoot it in the elevator banks. And I was like, it was the first time I had ever seen the hallway and I was like in real life and I was like, Oh my God, like I'm here. Like I, I, I got a job that like, I'm not, it's not an SNL job, but like I'm physically on the floor. Like it was, I remember that being like going home calling my mom and being like, it's insane. I also, I, I did a bit for Conan in that elevator bank where, uh, remember that bit that he used to do where he had the remote and it was just the different uh, yes. weird TV channels. Yes. Yeah. 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 I don't even think the bit's that funny. I still don't quite get it. The name of the channel was just called the Blueberry Screams channel. That was it. <laughs> and uh, when it came on, they, they did it in the elevator bank because it was like a wide open space. And they put me in a kiddie pool because I, I just, they just, it was just a close-up shot of my face. And I screamed to just spit. <laughs> Blueberries? Uh, uh <laughs> like raspberry jam or blueberry jam and it was the dumbest thing in the world but on the first take that we did it the first take that we do the elevator door opens in the in the middle of it and they go cut and bruce springsteen just walks out of the elevator (laughs) bruce springsteen walks by and literally goes hey hey you got a little I was I was covered in blueberries, and he did like a little bit and kept walking, and I was like, <laughs> "Did we get that on tape? That was funnier than anything I'll ever say." You're like, "That's the boss, man." <laughs> yeah, but odd, oddly enough, the first time I met Bruce Springsteen on that floor, which is like insane. Daryl, I'm sure you know. Like, I, I, I never I met a... I never met Springsteen, but, but... really weird stuff like that happens if you're just standing there yeah it, that that people don't understand that place is like it's nine o'clock at night on a tuesday and you're walking down a hallway and you pass paul simon and his brother and you're just like yeah all right <laughs> yeah all right i guess i guess he's here tonight and i was standing i mean i i can think of a few um Meeting John Mayer, meeting Mick Jagger. I mean, you know, you're standing there and you go, you know, that guy looks a little bit like Paul McCartney. Yeah. No, that's Paul McCartney. No, it's not. It's not. No, that's Paul. And I, I remember one time I was doing a sketch and I look out and I see like a rod, you know, 20 feet from me and there's Paul McCartney and you know, you get this weird sensation like something's fucking awry in the scheme of things. <laughs> you, like, you really do. It's crazy because yeah. those are the type of moments that kind of like humble you because you're just kind of like, like you're looking at some of these most famous people in the world and then you're like, what am I doing here? But then well, you're, yeah. you're working on a legendary iconic show and it's just a cool moment, I think, that you probably had. I mean, obviously, I don't know because I'd have never been on the show. But I had a I had a dressing room right by the bathroom, 
and the the, the, the gigantic star. I was right next to you. Yeah. The star is you're talking about on the second floor, right? I had your I had your dressing room when you left. Oh nice. Which which the one all the way down at the end of the hall near Keenan near right. the near the band. Yeah, so I came back to do Trump for a year and then I was in a dressing room by the bathroom on the second floor where yeah. there was people like to smoke cigarettes. They'd come in my dressing room and God, I wish I would have had a film. <laughs> uh, uh, oh, well, I mean, oh, yeah. that walked in the room where I'm, I'm just like fucking thrilled and honored to meet them. Yeah, isn't that funny too that like that was like uh, at the time I was still smoking cigarettes so like I got to have a lot of weird interactions with celebrities because they would come to my office to smoke. <laughs> Cause like that was the office that people didn't care if you came and smoked. At. You're talking about the, the downstairs dressing room? No, the upstairs one. Oh. Me and, they, put, they put me and Keenan at the end of the hallway. I mean, like, cause you're not supposed to smoke in the building. I don't think it's a secret that there was some weed and cigarette smoking going on. <laughs> um, I mean, to be light <laughs> from what I hear. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> we, um, when I was there, it wasn't that bad. I feel like everyone no. had personal trainers. Like, <laughs> yeah, I'm, like... I'm, I'm referring to like, you know, the seventies and eighties, like yeah. where they, a lot of different things went down back in the day, but I'm sure know. it's still. Yeah. I, I remember Ken, did Kevin Spacey ever come in your office? He came well, in my office. Oh yeah. I, uh, I never had, no, I was not, he was not around when I was there. Yeah. But anyway, it's, to your point, it just seems a little surreal. Yeah. Um, it, I have so many stories I want to tell that I can't. <laughs> you can. Like, you can. I know, I know, but I don't want the people to get angry at me. Well, um, here, well this, is the, this is the third person podcast. So what we yeah, say yeah. to people is say, if you have a story of something that you, uh, you're worried about incriminating somebody, uh, you can always tell it from the third person. We, but we kind of know who it was. Though. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. There's no way. Yeah. Well, I mean, here's a question for both of you guys. I don't know, like if, to get too far off topic, but like, I think this is something that I, I, I'm sure you guys get asked a lot. Both of you is that who, who is your favorite host that you guys had while you were working on the show? I mean, I'm not going to ask you who the least favorite one was, because there's probably a few people that you could probably get back to your point incriminate, but, uh, Who's your favorite? Like, who do you guys? Who did you guys think that was the, your your the most fun for you, that you got to work with, and maybe that you liked? Well, I sat in Stallone's dressing room a lot. I enjoyed okay. his company, and he treated he was just enormously charming. But goddamn, there's so fucking many. Yeah, yeah. Superstars who yeah, come well, you, there. You were on, on there their, for a long time too, so you have like. Yeah, quite I mean, a they day. come there on their best behavior. Both of you were. And you're you're rubbing elbows and working a little bit with the greatest people that ever lived. Uh, wor- lived. Yeah. Is there any couple yeah. like a couple that stand out where you are like, man, that was so fucking cool to work with so and so, and they were great hosts. Sure. Well, the, the, there's also this weird romantic thing too. Like, uh, I was not this guy at SNL. Like, I feel like like Andy Samberg was somebody who was like he's such a nice guy. Like he's just such a personable, friendly guy, but also like, also like he was hip and cool and like girls, like I feel like the hosts liked Andy and like, maybe he dated some hosts. Like that's not, that was not my experience there. My, like I would stay as far away from the host as possible. Like I didn't want to, I didn't want to be known or seen. I just like, I played it wrong. 
but oh man you didn't become bffs with anybody you know like <laughs> no there were people who like like i got friendly with adam levine and like okay every, every once in a while I would text with him but like we also like that's the thing is like for a week you're very close friends with these people and you you spend the week going like you know what i think i'm gonna end up be, being friends with bruno <laughs> mars at the end of this and like it, you don't <laughs> yeah a week later they're like who is this how did you get this number i i well, had that no. with, i i had that with david Duchovny. i'm like oh yeah we're gonna be besties <laughs> <laughs> me and Mulder, uh, man I had a 10-minute conversation with Megan Fox about a Ninja Turtle comic book that she brought up, and I was just like, this girl, we're, we're like, going to be tight. We're going to be tight. We like all the same stuff. Um, but, no, it's like, yeah, there were some hosts that, like, like Paul Rudd was just somebody that, like, I remember when Paul Rudd hosted. Oh, Daryl, you were there. I, 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 I wrote this, like, Beyonce sketch with, uh, with John Lutz, and Daryl was in it. And what I was I doing? What was I doing? It was like you were in it for a second, and I always felt bad because, like, I would always put you in stuff because I was like, "It's Daryl Hammond," and then, like, in the reality of it now, like, after nine years of SNL, I go like, "Oh my God!" In my first year, I would make poor Daryl come in for a rehearsal for one line. Because like I was like he's in my sketch like it's like it's so it's so funny when you think about the reality of it but like uh, it was Paul Rudd hosted and Beyonce was the musical guest and it was that one where she did Single Ladies and me Justin Timberlake and Andy were the backup dancers and I think you were like the director. Oh, I was on the floor for that. Yeah, you were like the director for the. You had like a line at the beginning that was like you were the, and I was. Uh, I felt awful. I felt awful about. Yeah, it. I was like, and action. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and like I made you come. Like now, I was like, oh, oh, I felt. Now I look back and go like, oh, first year, first year, I had no clue. Well, I mean, I don't. I never looked at it that way. I mean. Oh yeah, no, no, none of us did. But when you when you get there, you're like, um, you do what you got to do, and you do what they tell you to do, and. Sometimes you're a spear carrier or a waiter. Oh yeah. Sometimes sometimes you're the president, or or, or sometimes you just. I mean, like, oh, for two honest. years, for two years, my 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 wardrobe was uh, waiter aprons and clapboards. <laughs> like that's all I did. That's all I did was come in and like I was the clapboard guy for the Kristen commercial, like or something. Like it was. But you, I, I mean, you also had, you had a character that was so big. I mean, Drunk Uncle, that was like such a huge character for you. Um, yeah. I mean, you get, did you get like a lot of people like going, hey, Drunk Uncle all the time? And Sure. Yeah. I mean, like that, that, that's the, that's the insane part. Coming like 15 year old Bobby, who is an SNL fan coming out on the other end now at this age or, you know, whatever. Now I've been off the show for three years and like, kind of what it all boils down to is that drunk uncle i have a drunk uncle funko pop like they made an action figure and i'm like that's it i'm done that's like, great though that's pretty that cool, was all man. that it was, was such a funny character <laughs> thank you yeah i remember i was standing in the hallway I... oh, oh, oh no <laughs> we lost and then he, he passed out <laughs> now he just his uh his ipad fell uh, good he's coming back to us he's gotta get it um I actually, I submit to be a writer years back while you were on the show. And, oh, yeah? Uh, yeah, and I, one of the, um, I was good friends with Brooks Whelan, and uh, I remember- Oh, the there. best. 
and I was trying to, he loves you. He always talks about you, but um, he's the greatest. I was trying to write a, a sketch uh, where it was, it was very silly. It was like, um, it was a, like a, a commercial parody and it was a sketch for like Jack Daniels, but like you had to change the name to like Jack Manuels, you know, or something like that. And um, you know, where it's like, it, it was like a more of like a contestant type of show where they said, they said, you know, we're, we're going to do a, uh, we're, we're, gonna, you know, we're sponsored by Jack Manuels, but today we're doing a show called like, so you think you can drink. And so like we, we pair up, you know, young college kids with real life alcoholics. And then they show the college kids just like raging. And then like, you know, and then it just cuts to you like being drunk uncle and, you know, like, I fucking like just, you know, just, you know, yelling at people. And then the college kids are passed out in their own puke and you're just like sitting there with their drink and you're like, I win. Like, you know, it's, it was just, it was, this, it was a dumb sketch. And uh, obviously I didn't get the job for reasons, but um, I thought it was fun. And I, um, I always like loved that character. And I was, I, I thought I was trying to think of some ways to use that character in a, like a, more of a sketch, you know, it's hard. Yeah. It's hard. It's hard to, to do like people when that, when that character did well, uh, it was like, so when is the, you know, when is the drunk uncle movie coming out? (laughs) <laughs> and like people would ask that and it's funny to me because i'm like never there's never gonna be a movie of just two hours of racist non-sequitur jokes <laughs> <laughs> but i would love it but i would love it well yeah between it, that between that and uh, my other favorite one that you did on weekend update was uh riblet oh riblet. <laughs> that is just my my buddy from my one of my best friends from college called me up when che got the job and he was just like i don't like che and i was like why <laughs> and he was like i don't like che i don't think he's funny i could do his job better than him and i was just like no you can't <laughs> like, <laughs> and so that was just me making fun of my buddy who yeah that was it <laughs> no it's great man um before we lost you there, Daryl, uh, did you have a, were you chiming in? I forgot what you were. No, in. I was going to tell a story that I told once before, but I, <clears throat> I just remember standing uh, in the hallway, um, you know, as you're going towards Bobby, when you come out of the studio, you take a left and you walk around where the bathrooms are in those guest dressing rooms on the left. And I just remember standing and, and I don't know what I was thinking about. I was, probably lost in thought and then i see i i can feel i'm standing near one of the guest doors and i feel the door opens and i feel this presence walking towards me and i i turn and i look and i go is that fucking robert de niro is that de niro you know what i mean mm-hmm. and he, he he uh i looked at him and i i wanted his he could tell i wanted his approval so bad <laughs> so he just reached his hands both his hands out he's like good nice like that yeah. like please god did somebody hear that yeah did someone hear that you know oh, but no. yeah. uh i had a moment i sat on robert de niro's lap for a sketch and did like a scream where i was <laughs> screaming in his face telling him i was gonna kill him and that is still one of the most bizarre <laughs> um memories is I have such such self awareness in that moment of being like I'm scre- I'm sitting I'm a fat man and I am sitting on Robert De Niro's lap screaming in his face right now like still that job affords you lot of moments in the shower for years to come where you go oh yeah remember when that fucking happened like it's 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 insane I remember, remember. I remember um. Uh, standing near, I had met him a couple times, Paul McCartney. I had met him a couple times at the show, 
and I was standing by so the cool. page, standing by the page desk. Um, it was like lunchtime. I'm talking to Jenna, the stage manager. No one's around. We're on a break, and we're just I'm just bullshitting with Jenna because I just loved hanging out there. And if you stand at the page desk, like the host dressing rooms are right there. And Paul McCartney just rounds the corner with a pizza in his hand. <laughs> okay. And he just goes, he goes, hey, Bobby. And I was like, what? What? <laughs> like, you know my name? Like, what are you talking about? And he goes, do you guys want some pizza? And me and Jenna just go in the dressing room and have a slice of pizza with Paul McCartney. Who's just oh, yeah. talking, talking about how he, he loves New York pizza. And I was like, oh, I used to work at John's on 44th. And we had a five-minute conversation about pizza, and then I walked away. And I was like, well, that was a – okay, so I just went to work on a Tuesday. <laughs> and I had a slice of pizza with Paul McCartney, and then later on I'm going to – like, it just – it makes no it makes no sense. Like, yeah, it, but I, those are the moments that are great. Like, even if you're not hungry, you're eating that fucking pizza. You're I, going in there, and you're going to have that slice. Yeah, it's weird, Paul though. McCart you know what's weird, though? It's like I didn't, I didn't have that with him with him, like weirdly enough like he was around enough for me and he was nice enough to me that like i i never felt weird around him okay like he just seemed like a really nice dude but and also i had a i had a, a i had an snl baseball jersey that my mother got me for christmas like when i was a kid and she was like when you get snl you should have everybody sign this and like when I got the show, I found the jersey, and I was like, well, I have to do this. And, like, now I look back, and I'm like, I can't believe that I did this <laughs> for nine years. But now I have, like, a, a SNL baseball jersey signed by, like, 300 people from Mick Jagger to uh, everybody, everybody, everybody that came on the show. And, and But that's um, cool, man. That's something yeah. that's unique. That, I mean, you should be glad oh, you did it. Oh, I, I love it now. Now yeah. it's hanging in my living room. It's my one of my most prized possessions. But, but uh, um. 163 signatures, I think, I ended up getting getting on it in, in total. It's got, like, 75 SNL cast members on it. It's it's priceless. <laughs> Bruce Springsteen, Katy Perry, Lady Gaga, everybody. Like, But uh, uh, I'm standing in the hallway, and uh, I see Paul Schaefer. And I was like, whoa, Paul Schaefer. Like, he was an SNL cast member. I got to get him to sign it. And I'm having him sign it, and Paul McCartney walks over. Cause he was there that day too. And he was like, what's this? And I was like, Oh, it's my Jersey. And I told him the same story I told you. Oh, and he goes, do you, he goes, do you mind? And then Paul McCartney takes the marker out of Paul, out of Paul's hand <laughs> and he signs it and he draws a little picture on it and he walks away. And a woman comes running over to me and she was like, did Paul just sign that Jersey? And I was like, yeah. And she goes, he never like signs anything. Or she said something about it. Like whatever she walked Whoa. away. Yeah, and I was cool. just like, that's crazy. And I was like, you know what? I'll never be able to prove this. I'll never be able to prove any of this. And, uh, <laughs> you don't like, need to prove it. Who are you going to prove two, it? <laughs> you like know? two days, two days after I finished SNL, I just happened to be looking on the internet and I just, I'm, I see a picture go by and I'm like, wait a minute. And I find it, it's just a black and white picture of Paul McCartney and me. And Paul McCartney is in the process of signing the jersey. Oh, shit. Like somebody backstage, one of the photographers took a picture. I had no idea and put it on the internet. And I it's like, you, the I hope only... you got a copy of that. <laughs> oh, yeah. It's like my favorite thing. But it's like the only picture out of 163 people signing it, like that, that That's they would the get one. one picture. I was like, it's those things where you just go, like, yeah, that, that job was 
it's insane. I'm a different person. I came out on the other end okay. Yeah, I'm man. Glad about were... that, but like it was nuts. It was fucking crazy. You and Daryl <laughs> both have wrong long runs on that show. Someone told me that uh, that we'll, we we may end up marking time around Donald Trump, like he will be one of these things. Yeah, that people pre... like that something like the maybe that something not so great might happen. Yeah. So I go running around in, in my in my desk and all, going through all my books, and I have like, you know, this fucking note from him, and I thought, what a life I've led. Like, you know, <laughs> yeah. when oh, when I was I was in the Oval Office one time, and I was like, what a, what the fuck am I doing here? Yeah, like I, you've been there a bunch too. I feel like, like. you know, I I graduated with a two point one. I was in jail for four days in the Caribbean. So I'm a felon. I'm a dumbass. And I'm in the Oval Office. It just, those larger than life, you know, after a while, I, I just stopped trying to comprehend them. You know, yeah. like Jagger wanted to play a part. Someone says, you mind if Mick Jagger plays your part? And I was like, um, no. You're not going to tell him to fuck off. That's for sure. You're telling me Mick Jagger's? Yeah. It's gonna play great. I'm like fucking uh, great. I was in a sketch where I had to sing to to Mick Jagger. I sang "Sympathy for the Devil" on karaoke. All right, and it and was you're, awful. You're, it was no, awful. You're, you're better than ever. No, that's the best story ever. Jesus Christ, man, that's got to be either the devil or Mick Jagger is my. <laughs> one of the best stories i've heard and how did he take i had it? to do it well i had to do it badly so oh. like i was doing it badly on purpose but like you're looking at him in the middle of a sketch and you're just going like this everything that i've done in my life led <laughs> up to this moment and it's bizarre um speaking of the trump thing too uh, uh when the first time i did conan uh trump was the guest and i started talking to him backstage and I weird. I don't know why, but I went, you know, weirdly enough, we have somebody in common. I, I went to high school with a girl who was on The Apprentice and we just started talking and he was he was I, I kept running into him. I had like a couple. In, I got called to like play the voice of his hair and something <laughs> in like a, in like a thing like we kept running into each other. When I got SNL, I got I did Jimmy Fallon and he was the other guest and he like remembered my name and then. I got called for fucking jury duty. <laughs> uh, he got he announced that he was running for president. I got called for jury duty, and he was sitting. Oh shit! Really? He was doing jury duty. He had jury duty, and like he showed up two hours late. And like when I got to jury duty, I'm like, why are all these cameras here? Like, am I going to be on a murder trial? Like, <laughs> what is happening? And he just he had just announced that he was running for president, and then he d had jury duty, and it was with me. Uh, and kind of an amazing picture. It it was it was insane. It was insane. And then yeah. and then and then he came over to me and he was like, "Mr. Moynihan, how are you?" And I'm like, "Oh no!" Did he call you Bobby or Mr. Moynihan? Called me Mr. Moynihan. Wow. And uh, and then when he and then he hosted SNL a couple of weeks later and he was like, "Hello, Mr. Moynihan." And I was just like, you know, this guy is a psychopath because he is a he's a businessman and he remembers like that stuff. Like uh, it was bizarre. Hmm. Bizarre. What an Awful yeah, I never, I, I never saw anyone work harder, stay later, come earlier. <clears throat> he, he, 
you know, we, I was doing a Regis sketch with him. And he told me, he's like, you know, I, I can't act. I got to find a way to be funny. You know, I got I can't do what you guys do. And I'm looking for a way to be funny. Because I said to him, I was like, I never really saw anyone. Because he, do you recall, he would talk to anybody. No, he was a nightmare. Um, he refused to wear any costumes. Uh, uh, he was, a, it was like working with a child. Like he was, it was, it, it sucked. He also had a moment. I've told this story before. He had a moment where we were rehearsing something and, uh, you know, when you first get there, you do a run through with Don, the director, and uh, Don just kind of walks through everything and then he'll go back and, you know, and then we'll do it on camera. So we're doing it the first time and Don goes like, okay, so it's super easy, Donald. All you have to do is we'll cut to you and you, you go like this on the, on, the, on the instrument and then we cut to Keenan. And then when we cut back from Keenan, you say, I quit. Do you understand? And he goes, yes, I understand. And then he goes, action. And Donald goes, I quit. <laughs> and, and, we go, and we go, cut. And he goes, what? What's the problem? And he was like, no, you're, we're, we stay on you. Then we cut to Keenan. And then when we come back to you, we say, I quit. And he goes, well, that's what I did. <laughs> and we were like, no, wow. no, no. It was, you, I don't think you're understanding. You have to do it this way. And he goes, that's what I did. Roll the tape. That's what I did. Jesus. And Don, Don was not having it. So Don went back and rolled the tape. (laughs) (laughs) And how did he, what he did? And he did it wrong, did it wrong. And he just was quiet for a second. He goes, I like it better this way. (laughs) Like there's just no acknowledgement that he did wrong. It's just, nope. Like it's always course correct. It was was an incredible, incredible Trump story. Well, yeah, that's also like a real precursor to what the fuck we ended up seeing as a president. It was a nightmare. Wrong. Never admitting that he's wrong. And then someone just going, that's it. Someone told me I was the first person to call him Mr. President on television because when he hosted SNL, the first sketch is hit. The whole thing is it's him as the president, as if that was absolutely insane. And I, (laughs) I start off the sketch and I'm like, Mr. President, how are you? And it got a laugh. Like, (laughs) like, (laughs) that's what I remember. I remember. No, I remember when he hosted, I did Drunk Uncle. And the whole Drunk Uncle is me going, like, finally, somebody like me, like, a, like you know, and, like, <laughs> the whole thing was, like, like, you know, all the racist things he's, I think, he says. And it was just, like, I kept saying all this awful stuff, and we didn't want to show it to him. Like, we, we kind of did it when he wasn't around the rehearsal because, like, it was very disparaging to him. But it was a guy, a racist guy, going, I love this guy. <laughs> oh, my God. And, like, he did not get the joke at all. And after it, he came over and shook my hand as if to say, like, thank you for saying all those nice things about me. And I was like, <laughs> no, this very dumb, reprehensible character. So, like, and he, like, it was, yeah, it was, he's, a, he's a, a moron. Yeah, but it exists in his head the way he wants it. Yeah, psychopath. Not we're not there. We're not there. We're just props. Wow, that's, yeah. those are deep stories, dude. Crazy man. It was. Uh, Thank you for sharing those. Oh, no sweat. It's 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 mm-hmm. it's, it's, it's hard to think about. Because back then it was like it was silly, and I I don't think I was intelligent enough to know how shitty it was. 
to be honest, I'm, that I mean, we like, let him do it. I mean, when I used to like spend time with him, I thought he was funny and engaging and, you know, me and well, Higgins. Can't be. Went, That's the scary thing. Me and Higgins went to his office a couple of times and I don't know. I, I, I remember going to a Broadway show one time and I, and I saw Anna Gasteyer in the audience and we sort of compared notes on this Trump and like the whole premise is who, who's this? How did we not see this? Like this was in him the whole time. Well, yeah. Well, I mean like that, I guess that's what happens when you take somebody who successfully figured out how to live in their own bubble perfectly. And then that person went, I'm going to burst my own bubble by becoming the president. <laughs> yeah. Like, but he thinks he feels doesn't, like his brain. Well, he's his like own worst enemy. You know, negative things just bounce right off. He just doesn't accept them. And that's why <clears throat> when he's saying these things, <clears throat> he appears to believe them. You know, <clears throat> when he says, 85% of the people that wear masks get sick. He says it with such intensity. He probably, yeah, he's trained himself. I mean, like, have you ever, I mean, like, uh, coming coming from an improv background, there are some improv comedians that, you know, I, at, at one point I had see, I was watching them perform every night or close to every night for, like, 10 years. Like, you know, these these improv comedians, and your mind just gets honed into being in, into being something different like they're making up beautiful stories and there are some that are better than others i don't know if you know zach woods zach woods is like one of the most mm -hmm. talented human beings i've ever seen perform mm -hmm. live on a stage just his brain is go gorgeous like he's <laughs> and and that's what trump has but it's for lying <laughs> <laughs> Like he's he's done it so much and he's honed it so well that like it's just ingrained in him now where he's just like you say to him this thing and he knows to go like he's on autopilot. It just seems like an old man on autopilot. Like well, it's, a, it's that old like, adage of like it's not a lie if you believe it. Yeah, I you don't know, know. Like, or whatever how well, whatever, I mean, whatever I liars one, say. <laughs> one time, um... but I know I think he knows he's lying. He just doesn't give a fuck. Do you think he knows? Yeah, yeah, I think he knows, but I also think that he just is so assured of how shitty, like you know, you don't like, ah, fuck it, you know, like I'm, I'm gonna go with it. This is, this is the truth, and I, even if it's a lie, he's still gonna believe it. I remember you don't walking think he has the moments of just panicking and crying in a bathroom because he's like, everyone hates me, everyone hates me. I, he, I think he totally does. You think he does? Yeah. Maybe. Wow. I mean, I think that he has those moments of like, and I think that the White House has got to be like a cold type of place because I mean, th th he's in a loveless marriage, obviously, with fucking Melania. She, they don't sleep in the same rooms. So at the end of the day, if he doesn't have anybody in that room, it's just him alone realizing like, fuck, like, you know, I'm the president of the United <laughs> States and everything is fucking terrible. And I didn't want this job. And now I'm fucking here and I think that there are those moments that, I mean, any human being, even though, you know, this is uh, somebody who has made himself out to be a very cold, heartless person. I still think he has hum hum humane moments where he's like, I know Bobby is, you're a little, are you a little short on time, Bobby? Um, a little, but I, I have time. I wanted to tell you this story and, and just to get your response. Sure. 
a couple of weeks ago, uh, two or three weeks ago, I was watching Turner Classic Movies, and they had all the all the King's Men on, 1940s version with Broderick Crawford. And as I'm watching the movie, it, it's about Huey Long, okay? But the character's name is Willie Stark, but it's, it's about Huey Long in Louisiana, who very nearly took over uh, the Louisiana until he was shot. But... As I'm going through the movie, Huey Long is saying things. I'm going, my first response was, did he stole that from Trump? And then I realized, oh, wait, that was 1949. Trump is doing lines from Huey Long. <laughs> and, and, and the one that comes to mind is, um, it's not me they're after, it's you. I'm just in their way. That was a Huey Long line from the 40s. And he, Trump's doing Huey Long lines, man. Well, yeah, you know, I think like he Googles, like, I think he Googles like all those weird dictators. It goes like, I want to, I want to be like them. Like, I, I, I want to like all those weird Nazi tactics that everyone's using now. You don't think like there's part of him that like a, thinks he's i think there is a little part of him that hates the fact that everyone hates him and he's like i'm gonna ruin the world i i do i don't know if he's acting it out but i definitely think that's there is a part of him i'm gonna throw all throw all my toys out of the crib my, my dad didn't like me and my sons are dumb and i'm stupid so i'm gonna break everything <laughs> like, like oh, I, shit. I do oh yeah Man, well, um, not to uh, cut it short with this uh, this Trump stuff, but uh, we wanted to get a couple <laughs> things. We want to get a couple things in before we uh, we wrap up because I know you're short on time, and uh, you know we uh, we want to get a few things in left. Uh, what I'd like to ask is uh, one: Has there ever been a sketch on SNL maybe that you that never made it that you always really hoped that would make it? Like, is there one or two that stand out uh, every week? <laughs> every, every week, week yeah. this one. Yeah. Um, well, you were on there for a while. I don't know if there was something that was like close to your heart. Um, where like, man, this should have made it. Not should have made it. There were uh, more. Definitely, there were. Lauren saved me that shouldn't have made it. Uh, 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 that didn't. No, you know, there were definitely like I did a like the ones that like where like me and Beck Bennett wrote these dumb weird characters and like we loved it and we had so much fun writing it and I wish they had just like let us do it because it was silly you know or yeah. there's like things like that like there's things i i wrote a sketch once where the whole joke was um jane lynch was the host and she was my wife and it was a surprise party for me uh my name was burl and i was it, the whole party was because i had reached my goal weight i had lost 19 pounds and I reached my goal weight, so they were throwing a surprise party for me. But when the lights came on, I was 600 pounds. It's like I had only lost 19 pounds, but like they literally built like a body in a chair. And the whole joke was just them trying to figure out how I lost the weight. And it, it was a very bizarre, weird sketch where every time they left the room, I would get up and start dancing around the room. Like it was a very physical bit. Um, I, I that one sticks out to me as like one that I wish I got to do just because I, I enjoyed it. But like, sure. There were millions. I, I had my favorite thing to do on SNL. Like once I got confident enough 
and was there a couple years, for me, it was like I really kind of felt my groove on the show was like I was a bit of a nerd. So it was like I wrote like this sketch where it was like when Martin Freeman hosted, it was like the Hobbit office. Like it was like it was the British office, but they were all hobbits. And like, I wrote a couple star Wars sketches that were like star Wars parodies. And I feel like I really started enjoying that and doing that kind of stuff. Like anytime I could insert myself into some world that I loved a great deal. Oh yeah. <laughs> like that was in like when we were in a Mad Men sketch with all the Mad Men, the people, the cast of Mad Men, like it was just like, what's, happening like i i played i played rich's rich summer's character and like rich summer was a guy that i did comedy with at ucb and he got mad men and i got snl and then i played him on snl that's pretty and cool. he was there and he was there that night and oh, he didn't shit. know and it was like, i remember fuck. seeing i remember seeing him yeah yeah it that, was like that's, that's moments cool like moment, that man yeah that's oh yeah moment. that's awesome yeah um, the other one thing I was going to ask, I don't know if Daryl's familiar with this program, but there is a, a little animated series called Rick and Morty. And oh, yeah. <laughs> what is your problem with the piece of toast? <laughs> you, you have to understand that that might be, that's up there. That's got to be top five weirdest mo SNL moments that had nothing to do with SNL yeah. was sitting, sit, sitting at home, being a Rick and Morty fan and watching it. And smoking a joint and watching it. And then all of a sudden, I'm like, did they just, is that me? And being, being so confused, being so confused by that. Did like Dan Harmon or any of those guys like ever like, uh, you know, say like, hey man, we're going to write you in this sketch or like, you're going to have no. a real problem with a piece of toast. I found out about it literally smoking a joint and watching it and was just like, what, what? And then I think I ran into him at Comic-Con once and i was just like hey what was that all about <laughs> what did he say i, mean, I, I, I he just thought it i think they just thought it was funny like and they were like i hope you're not mad and i was like i wasn't but now i now that you i don't know i was like <laughs> i like your work i'm a huge fan it's an honor to be on that amazing show yeah I, uh i also like um i put it up um every time we have a, a a guest on the podcast i always put it on facebook and i say what would you like me to ask our guest and i kind of field some things out and uh people were like always there a lot of people reference the Vinny Vidici sketch <laughs> and they, they go, what is he really saying? You know, like what was your character really saying? And like, if, and, and, that was the one where I sat on Robert De Niro's lap. I played Vinny Vidici's son. Yeah. And you wouldn't speak gibberish. I would just go like, like, and I would just like, yeah, it was just gibberish Italian. They thought that maybe you were saying something. You were trying to My, say something silly or I think I slipped up. in like a Sukumugats, like which I think is suck my dick. Like I think like every once in a while, like I would just say nonsense. Uh, yeah. my, my grandmother spoke Italian. <laughs> I would just use Italian words that I half remembered. Yeah, those sketches were silly and I love them, man. They were that's the brilliance of SNL sometimes is taking something so silly and it just makes you laugh hard because it's just Brilliant, silly, you know? I, I remember watching Bill do that for his audition at UCB. I was at the... Oh, like, shit. And seeing that and being like, God, he's so funny. So, like, when I got SNL and I was his son on that, like... It yeah, that's a cool moment. Man. Blew my mind, yeah. And then, uh, well, the uh, way we wrap up uh, all of our uh, podcasts with our guests, we ask, see if you have any wild stories that you'd like to tell us uh, from anything that you filmed or maybe just, like, you know, anything from life, touring, UCB, anything fun that you would uh, like to share before we end. And not that you've already haven't told us a few. 
Yeah, you've great. already told us ten <laughs> fabulous <laughs> stories. If you want to close, I'm with trying something. to think. Like I had, like the story I always tell, which I can tell quickly, is sure. the first time, uh, the first time I did update, I was the moose in the Sarah Palin rap <laughs> that Amy did. Okay, like I, I just like for a second, I just dance across the screen as a moose, and I get shot and I fall down. Um, and we're we're rehearsing and. and I haven't met Sarah Palin yet, and I'm walking down the hall going towards, like, the hair and makeup uh, department near cue cards. And uh, she comes around the corner with two bodyguards, and she's walking towards me. And I have the moose costume on, but I have the head next, like, in my hands. (laughs) And she, and it's just, this is that. It's one of those moments where you just go, like, this was that show. Was working on that show was moments like this. And as we passed each other, she just goes, she goes, she goes, moose. (laughs) <laughs> and keeps walking and i was just like what just happened like it's just, it's just in, like that place was just insane for moments like that um i'm trying to think of like anything good i remember getting i don't know i'm trying to think of stories i never told i remember i'm not like an aggressive person but i remember getting very angry and territorial with r kelly because R. Kelly okay. came and sang some song, and he came up on stage for the good night smoking a cigar, and I lost my mind. I was like, hey, you take that cigar and you put it out. This is Saturday Night Live. Like, I, I like, yelled at him. <laughs> like, I don't know why. I don't know why. I How just did he react? My father. He has looked at me like, get the fuck out of my face. But, he, but like, I, I, I've super, like, got in his face a little bit. Like, I was just like... <laughs> I don't like this behavior, R. Kelly. I don't know why, but I thought I was going to get fired. Nothing happened. I like that that's the behavior he didn't like from R. Kelly. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Maybe that, that had to do with it, too. I just hated him anyway. But, like, I don't know why. I got very, like, angry. Did he put it out? No, not at all. Oh, he was just like, fuck you? I don't, like. No, yeah. He completely disregarded every, as he did, as he did with most of his life. So good. <laughs> yeah. Well, let me, <laughs> yeah, he proved himself to be a piece. Of shit. I, I'm, I'm happy. I'm, I'm in a closet and not in, in that closet. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. Well, uh, before you go, if you'd like to plug anything, um, I know you just you did plug in the beginning that new show you're on with uh, Tina. Oh Pat. yeah, it's not out yet. It'll be out um, sometime after a pandemic. Um, and <laughs> okay. I don't. I guess uh, I have a uh, animated series, Lofi, uh, called Lofi. Um, uh, on uh, you could check it out on Comedy Central's YouTube page. Um, okay. It is about a manatee that smokes weed and is a weed dealer and a single dad. <laughs> Great content! <laughs> I love it. I love it. it. Sounds amazing. And uh, do you have like a podcast or anything or no? Um, pro- at some point, probably soon. But yeah, no, yeah. We'll, have to get, we'll have to get uh, Daryl on as a guest and. Yeah, Daryl, I want to I wanna just do a separate podcast where I ask you SNL questions that I've always wanted to ask you anyway, that I pretty much asked you my first year anyway. How do we do that? I do, I do have a very distinct memory of coming up to you my first year and going, hey, Daryl. And <laughs> I was like, are there any impressions that I was just trying to make small talk? I was just like trying to be around SNL cast members. And I was like, hey, Daryl, is there any impressions that you've never gotten to do on the show that you really want to do? And you were so kind and polite. You just went like this. You went and you just went. No. <laughs> really? <laughs> you, you just said no, because it was very true at the time. And then you looked at me and you went. Maybe Heath Ledger. 
And Heath Ledger had like passed away a couple days before that. <laughs> and I think you were trying to be funny. And I had, I was like, oh, he just passed away. And you went, and you went, I know. <laughs> and I felt, I felt extremely awkward. <laughs> I was like, oh, do you, uh, do everything. he's done every impression ever. A lot of people do an impression of me. Do you do one? I do not. I don't do impressions of anybody. Okay. Uh, I've seen Fred. Uh, Fred does an impression of me. I've seen that. I've seen. Fre I think I've seen Fred do an impression of you. Mm -hmm. um, but Fred. Fred has my favorite Lauren impression, which is Fred does. Uh, he does Lauren in different languages, where he'll do like Japanese Lauren, where he just goes like, hi, hi, and it, it's just all object work and work with his glasses, but he does it in different accents, and it's my favorite. Or have you ever seen have you ever seen Bill's uh bit which is Lorne Lorne name dropping uh serial killers? <laughs> no. <laughs> uh Bill Hader does an amazing bit where he it's the whole joke is Lorne name dropping serial killers. He's like, you know, last week we went down to Hampton Bay's. It was me and Ed Gein. And uh, <laughs> and it's just about how he's hanging out with serial killers, and it's my favorite <laughs> bit. <in the> <laughs> oh Jesus, that's, that's good. That's yeah. awesome. Um, well, we don't want to keep you too long, but uh, thank you so much yeah. for doing the podcast. Um, uh, what's your social media? Plug your social media. People will uh, follow you along if they don't already. Oh, I uh, I think all of it is um, at Bibby Moynihan. I spelled my name wrong. It's B I B B Y. Um, <laughs> At Bibby Moynihan on uh, all across the board. All right. Well, cool. Well, uh, everybody go follow Bobby or Bibby, whichever you'd like. And uh, <laughs> thank you so much for, for being a par uh, part of our podcast, man. It's, it's been a pleasure to have you. And uh, Thank you, Chris. What a blast. Look forward to seeing you on that uh, the new show with uh, you know, Tina Bobby, Faye. I can't wait to see your new show, man. Congrats. Thanks, man. Thank That's you awesome, so man. much. Thank you. Good to see thank you, man. Welcome. Good to yeah, see you, too. Always. Thanks, Bobby. Yeah. Take care of yourself, buddy. We'll, uh, we'll talk have to you guys soon. Have a good day. Now. Hey, bud. Later. And that's uh, that was Bobby Moynihan, everybody. What a fucking awesome guest, man! I uh, I had a great time with Bobby. Well, how'd you think? How'd you feel, Daryl? Funny as fuck, and so warm and forthcoming. I mean, people are gonna love that podcast. Absolutely. I mean, Bobby's just a uh, sweetheart of a dude, and uh, man, I um, I I miss uh, I miss seeing him on SNL. And he was funny just as much as I miss seeing you on there regularly. And uh, it was he's a uh, he's a great dude, and I'm looking forward to that Tina Fey show. That sounds great. What a cap. Yeah. What a cast! Um, Still, say, Tina Fey can't 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 beat that. I mean, whether she wrote it or is starring in it, that's going to be fun. So that's uh, that's going to be fun to, to to look out for. So keep an eye out for that, guys. And uh, as always, uh, I always remind you: please uh, subscribe if you haven't already, and uh, download, and make sure to rate us five stars. We deserve some five stars just for these guests alone, or for Daryl Hammond alone. Uh, oh, boys! <laughs> that's uh, that's it for this episode. Guys, uh, please make sure you follow us on social media at Daryl C. Hammond. I'm at Chris Milhouse. And uh, we'll see you next week for another great episode of the Third Person Podcast. Thank you, everybody.